listening to another episode of Cosmic Peach Podcast. I'm going to skip all the pleasantries, get right down to business. We have New York Patriot in the house, and we are going to bring the fire. New York, how are you? Good, good. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm so good, and I've been super excited to get into this one with you. We are going to decode some different Netflix shows tonight. Netflix is really good for shit like that. Oh, it's a treasure <laughs> trove. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I feel like the little mermaid when she's in the cave and she has like all of her little forks and spoons and shit that she's found and she's like all proud of her collection. That's me with Netflix shows. I'm like, let me show you this. Let me show you this. <laughs> I found all kinds of crazy shit in Netflix shows. So oh, definitely. Which one do you want to start with? We can do Midnight Mass. We can do um Sabrina or I can do a little bit on Archive 81 and get your thoughts. And then there was another one that we both wa- Oh, Sandman. So oh. which one tickles your fancy the most? Sandman? Um, well, actually Midnight Mass, really. I probably uh, they're both, they're both really good. I think they're both probably just as a cult. Um, the shows itself, it's just that I have watched uh, Midnight Mass more recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so that's a little bit fresher in my head. But you know, but uh, I think they're both just equally as good. Let's do um, Sandman first, and then I'm gonna give you some information on Sabrina that kind of leads into something I found in Midnight Mass. Your waking world is shaped by dreams. Dreams and nightmares that I create and which I must control. He's out there looking for me, isn't he? Can you imagine the damage he could do? I need your help. If dreams disappear, then so will humanity. I could do without dreams for a while. I haven't had a decent night's sleep in ages. I'm not going to stop until I've reshaped this world. Tell us what power of dreams can have. So, 
Sandman came out on August 5th. And I don't know if you remember this, but I'm always messaging you about the August. Oh, that's why you asked thing. me about eight. Is that why you asked me about eight? Yes, because I also just did an episode with Teresa um, and uh, Janet and Ellie from Speed Bumps podcast. And we did like kind of an oh, all girls round girl. table. Great women right there. Yes. And we brought up the August thing again. And I was like, okay, this is what I've connected with the August thing so far. A lot of weird deaths occur in August and a bunch of other things. Uh, For example, Princess Diana died in August. Um, Mm. Elizabeth Bathory was born and died in August. St. Louis who the St. Louis Arch, the Demon Arch is named after, died in August. And then you have like Hiroshima in August, Hurricane Katrina in August, and the Philadelphia Experiment in August. And a lot of this weird stuff. And the eighth zodiac sign is Scorpio, who's also represented by Hades. The death and rebirth. The whole scorpion thing. So I feel like the number eight is significant in some way. So the fact that Sandman came out August of this year, I I felt was significant. I'm not a scholar on all of this. I'm just putting the pieces together as I kind of find them. But what do you think about that? Uh, I could see that. Uh, I find it interesting with the women. I'm wondering like how many more women might have died on that day because uh, that's where the eighth sphere is where like um, there's like a magical formula like yad hey vod hey and it's the, the king, the queen, the prince, and the princess. And it's uh, a uh, fire, water, air, and earth. And uh, hode or the eighth sphere is where the prince would be. And it's like right below the sun. And like, once you go into the middle sphere, that's like when you can kind of start taking off and going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's almost even representative in itself, but I'm wondering if it's like, uh, you know, like symbolizing like the prince killing the princess. Could be yeah. Like line of the removal of like the feminine energy. Well, and you say that and it's like princess Diana. Was yeah. And when you said that, I was August. like, hmm. yeah. And she was killed in the passage to the moon. That bridge is called the Pont de Alma, the passage to the moon. So that's another like weird astrological thing going on with it. And so, the moon's below uh, that sphere. It's the next sphere down. Would be see? Yeah. Look at me. I'm just sitting over here making all these connections. So <laughs> in the Sandman, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the first episode, they mention Crowley. Yes. Within the first, I think it's the first, you're right, I, I'm almost positive. If not the first, the second, but I'm almost positive. Within like the first 30 minutes, you're going to hear his name. Yes. And so what do you think the character Dream represents other than the fact that he's the Sandman? Because he has this weird cryptic vibe about him that's more than just being the Sandman. Yeah, well, I had thought at some point, um, and it was probably because of the like capitalistic stuff that I was following when I was watching it. It was times when I had uh, wondered if he was kind of like the Prince of Air, trying mm-hmm. to become like the king. You know, he'd have to progress up the tree. And he was like, so I, I do see him associated with the eighth sphere 
a lot as well, like you were asking before, when it came out in August. So I see a correlation with that because uh, the, the air is also associated with that eighth sphere. It's a lot of uh, thoughts and knowledge and communication and flight. So it's, it's associated with air. And that's kind of like where you also start getting the uh, phrase, the Prince of Air and everything, too. Mm. And I guess that could also be like dreams, too, because they're not they're etheric. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, in the earth plane. You're oh, traveling. associated with the moon. Right. Yeah. So, and the Kabbalah for the most part, I think. I also find it interesting that it almost kind of insinuated that Dream was responsible for the creation of not only William Shakespeare, but also Constantine. I thought the fact that they brought up Shakespeare was very shaky. (laughs) Because uh, that comes up repeatedly with the Masons. Mm -hmm. Um, There was uh, Shakespeare quoted in the Jester's uh, initiation. I think Shakespeare quoted in the Quetzalcoatl initiation. And those are all like inner orders where it's like, you're not going to get in it unless somebody asks you to join it. So uh, they do like their uh, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I've even noticed a lot of, uh, uh, when me and Lux have covered a couple of topics, uh, we covered Shakespeare in the matrix. It was a book that was published and the college was using it. And uh, they were like, there were like a bunch of authors in there too that were all um, kind of giving their opinion on certain Shakespeare writings and stuff. And one of them does kind of look at it as saying that he's explaining that we're like in a matrix or he's explaining the matrix. But uh, Mm -hmm. me and Lux started looking into a lot of the authors, the other book writers that were commenting on his stuff in there. And they were almost all of them were fucking extreme feminists and Marxists. Mm Mm-hmm. So I even found that very weird that that seems to go hand in hand with uh, with Shakespeare. And, and I think that the problem with that is, is that when Shakespeare did cross-dressing and stuff like that in his plays, he was trying to show the mingling of both energies. Now, when the unknowing or the ignorant are watching that shit, they take it the wrong way. Oh, these people are clapping at that. Oh, I, I don't have any friends. I got to look like that now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can feel better and, and, and you know, have people like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows, like, how authentic, you know, really that is, you know, that that whole idea with that shit. So, like, I do think that to a point that's even part of, like, weaponized uh, sexual agenda. Is it that is put it out there so people misunderstand it and misrepresent it. Think about it, New York. What did they make the devil look like? I still, to this day, have arguments with people. Is it a woman or is it a man? My husband said it's androgynous. You're not supposed to be able to tell if it's a woman or a man. And then somebody I work with was like, it was clearly a woman. And I said, I don't think so. What did you think about like the devil character, the Lucifer? It was very in the middle and you could barely tell if it was a man or a woman. It looked like you said, like a prince, not quite a man, not yeah. quite completely <laughs> feminine either. It was literally like a fresh faced boy. I at one point thought that like that was like somebody that he would have to get over, like or like kind of like relieve himself of to move closer up because you're right with the androgyny. I did think he was androgynous. 
the symbol or an image that can be used for the eighth sphere is also hermaphrodite. Uh-huh. So again, it goes along with, I mean, look, look at Prince. Look at Prince. Yes, exactly. I mean, what the fuck? Perfect right. Example. And what is his eye logo? It's like a mixture of Venus and fucking, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, Mercury. I mean, right. Really, which is with the prince and the princess on the bottom of the tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was never able to understand. My sister grew up in the 80s and she was like, oh, Prince was so hot. I was like, if I saw Prince like at a bar, I'd be like, I ain't on all that like femininity shit. Like you better come up to me and like look like you have some fucking balls or else I'm not going to talk to you. That's crazy that talking about Prince is hot. Prince looks like a fairy queen. Like what are you talking about? I remember as a kid when I saw him, like I, some of his stuff I thought uh, was okay, but I was like, yo, he's just so so weird. Eventually, when I got older, I mean, I still thought he was weird, but I do some of his stuff isn't that bad, and he's actually a pretty good musician. But yeah, yeah he's very music- uh, very fucking weird too. Yeah, the music is actually art. Like I love a lot of the songs that you know Prince is responsible for, but I don't really just love that. Pirates of the Caribbean look that he yeah. had going. I, I don't know what. Yeah, it was weird. It was Johnny Depp before Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp. Exactly. <laughs> Except Johnny Depp actually had a mustache. Prince was this fresh face, just <laughs> out here talking about pancakes and Charlie Murphy. But there was a few other things that okay. I found in um, the Sandman. One of them being that the nightmare he created, his name was Corinthian. Did that strike you funny at all? No, I don't even notice that even if I even noticed that actually. The one that had teeth for eyeballs that yes. was like the main antagonist of the story. Mm-hmm. His name was the Corinthian, which is a biblical reference. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I think when uh, I do believe that a lot of letters are basically legend letters of sigils in themselves. And I think sometimes the beginning and the ending of a word is like highly important. Those two letters really, mm. really tell you what's going on. I, I do think at times C is kind of used as a symbol for the cup, or a cup that's mm. more. Um, just like the Scarlet Whore holds a cup that's keeping you know, whatever in there in form. I think C can sometimes be uh, looked at like that. You know, there's still an option of getting out of the whole, I guess, you know, the hole, you mm-hmm. know, there's a, there's a break in it. Yeah, the Corinthian was actually pretty scary. And then when he goes to the serial killers meeting at the hotel. <laughs> Yo, when I saw that shit, as soon as I saw the serial killer shit, I was like, "Yeah, don't tell me this is going to be some fucking serial killer bullshit." It was like, and I was like, "Yo, killer. they really went there." <laughs> I was like, "Yo, you think shit like that could actually happen?" And people, oh, would it have no definitely idea? happens. It was like I was a like, powwow. I was like, "I bet you shit not too far from that actually." I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it outside like the realm of possibility that they have, and they were called the collectors which is also another C, collectors. And uh, the one dude, the big, fat, fucking nasty dude with the fucking Mickey Mouse ears, Disney, okay, was a pedophile. 
And he was going after the little boy, like the Corinthian brings the little boy to the powwow at the hotel and the pedophile, big, fat, nasty guy with the Mickey Mouse ears is like trying to get him. And he's talking about how he goes to like Chuck E. Cheese, which is also two C's, Chuck E. Cheese, and how he picks them up and plays with them, quote unquote, and then he like does his thing on them. And I was like, why is this appropriate? First, I mentioned the cheat, the pizza, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. I was like, wow. Mm hmm. And then one of them's a doctor. And the other, they're all like normal. You wouldn't, except for the pedophile dude, I could spot him a mile. (laughs) But most of them are like normal looking, especially like they made the Corinthian almost have a sex appeal. Like while he had his sunglasses on, you'd be like, oh, because he dressed really nice and he had like a very nice little haircut and he was attractive. So it makes you kind of the Ted Bundy thing where they're so normal. And then, you know, he'd slaughter them and fuck them. Necrophile. (laughs) So it's like this, uh, the devil in disguise thing. It's always a good looking guy or a doctor. Oh, Lucifer is supposed to be like that. A good looking guy? Yes, he's supposed to be the most beautiful angel. If it look, if he looks anything like what they showed in the Sandman, no thanks. <laughs> and that's why on the princess, uh, uh, on Netsock, uh, that is a, a beautiful naked woman. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but I didn't like how they. Per- well, I, it doesn't really matter how they portrayed Lucifer in the show. I, obviously nobody really knows for sure but it was too androgynous of a character for me yeah i know i thought so too like it was mm-hmm. done like in my opinion it was done on purpose now do you think there's any symbology behind the ruby he kept referencing like he had to have his ruby yes i thought see again this goes back to the prince the next sphere up on that pillar if you were at eight, would be uh, the number five, and that would be Gabor, and that would be the red sphere. Mm. So I thought like this was like his attainment to like getting farther up the tree. Hmm. Okay, now let me hit you with this. Well, like you know what? Like he could be here now because he has fallen down the tree and has passed that sphere, and now he wants to try to go back up. Hmm. You know, like he came in and lost it, and now he's trying to go back and get it. Yeah, the guy who plays Dream has a very, like, he is masculine, but it's it goes back to that Prince kind of vibe where he's, like, fresh-faced and really frail. But uh, there was a scene, actually, where he's, like, casting a devil out of someone. And like the devil's like coming through the person's mouth and it's all crazy looking. And that shit was scary. I was like, damn. But they go to this place in the show and it's like called the old inn, I think. Yeah, uh, where he meets the guy that he gives like immortality to. And how often was he seeing that guy? 
every hundred years. Now get this shit, New York. I found this place in England and it's called the Ancient Ram Inn. Okay. And it's the oldest inn in the area. Oh, this is the place where it was filmed at? No, this is something I found on the side because I was going to do an episode on the world's most haunted locations and the Ancient Ram Inn came up. And I had like a flashback when I saw the picture of this place because it looks exactly like the building they showed in the Sandman, which was also filmed in that area. Now, the Ancient Ram Inn is literally ancient. It's one of the oldest buildings in the area. And it sits on a ley line that goes all the way back to the pyramids of Giza as well as like Anchor Wat and like Puma Punku. Oh, see, I think there's something up with that. Now totally. listen. Totally. So this ancient Ram Inn was turned into a B&B, but nobody could ever stay there because they kept experiencing really weird shit. And even the owner of the inn was like, I don't even want to live here because I feel like there's some presence in my bedroom. I can't sleep at night, all this So he invites, like, the ghost hunters to come and fucking investigate the place. And he gives them permission to excavate a portion of the floor in his bedroom. And they find the remains of a woman and a baby buried under the fucking floorboards of the ancient Ram Inn. And they had, like like spears stabbed through their hearts and like weird shit so they let these um investigators from a museum come and look at them and they were like we would assume based on the damage they sustained that they were part of a demonic ritual and it's this place in england that looks just like the place in the sandman that is so freaking haunted they don't even it's not even open anymore it's not even a place you can go stay at it's they close the B&B. yes i definitely think something is up with that ley line because i do yeah. it works i mean think of it in comparison to the other places i mentioned anchor Wat, pyramids of giza the ancient ram in this, th- those things don't even go together. Yeah. Let me see if I let me share my screen. Now the ram will also be associated with uh, the red sphere as well, kind of. Yeah, but isn't it also like um, the Baphomet? Isn't he a ram? Uh, depends. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would. Maybe a goat. Crowley's is a. Uh, mm. You might have elephant sleeve eyes, actually. I'm not sure. The Crowley one is a tiger with a snake bottom, which I think is actually perfect to explain my opinion of what Baphomet is. Let me show you some pictures of this motherfucker. (laughs) I'm serious, New York. You're going to be laughing here in a second once you see this place. I definitely think, uh, like, even with, uh, what the hell was that movie? The Ninth Gate. I even think that that place that they were focusing on there 
probably really exists somewhere. It might actually have some importance to it. It's just like the one in the movie. Yo, that's pretty impressive. Isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's like some weird shit that I would have found. Like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be thinking outside the box. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And the inside of this house is pretty fucking weird. <laughs> right? So in the show, they they say that they're going to tear the old one down. hmm And they're going to build a new one. And it's called the New Old Inn. And the guy that he made Eternal is the one that buys it. Mm. You remember that? No, actually, I don't. Yeah. Like it's, the guy ends up buying it? The guy he made Eternal ends yeah, up buying yeah, that it. Comes, that comes and sees him all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, let's smoke another one. So, do you think there's anything else on the Sandman, or you want to go on to um, Sabrina? I'll go on to Sabrina. In the town of Greendale, where it always feels like Halloween, <gasps> there lived a girl who was half witch. Half mortal, who, on her 16th birthday, would have to choose between two worlds the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends. Happy birthday, sweet 16. And that girl is me. Are you willing to forsake the path of light and follow the path of night? It's very tough, then, to It's very tough, you must. Okay. Now, the um the Sabrina that I watched as a kid was completely different. Let me just say that right That's now. That's what I watched. I remember watching that as a kid. I watched it I think on Nickelodeon. I don't know where you watched it at, but you know, I, I pretty- thought Nickelodeon too, but somebody told me they saw it on TGIF. I remember that as a kid too. That was like I think Family Matters and like Sabrina and like one or two other shows. But uh, I know I had seen it somewhere. It was one of those stations, I think. Because it was funny. I thought it was Nickelodeon, though, too. Yeah, I thought it was Nickelodeon. And they uh, had Salem be kind of like a funny, like, character. And it was really lighthearted. And this is completely different. There's nothing funny about it at all. And uh, it says the first part of... The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was released worldwide on Netflix October 26, 2018. The second part was released April 5, 2019. And the third part was released January 24, 2020. And then there was a fourth part that came out December of 2020. So this adaptation of Sabrina the Teenage Witch is... A dark coming-of-age story that traffics in horror and the occult. Right from Google. Oh, wow. Right from Google. And it says, in the reimagined origin story, Sabrina Spellman wrestles to reconcile her dual nature, half-witch, half-mortal. 
and the evil that forces to threaten her and her family, which is funny because they're all evil. Home away from home for these motherfuckers. So did you see any of the, did you get kind of familiar with any of the characters in this new Sabrina? (coughs) Only thing that I really got, I really only watched the first two episodes. I never got into it because it was completely off and like how I expected it. Um, I had watched the first one and then you told me uh, to check the other one. Uh, which and I was like, oh, that's episode two, so that's perfect. I'll just watch that. <laughs> I think I ended up going to like episode three. Um, in my opinion, one I think what's really interesting is even the names of the shows. I mean, they're pulling books out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the lamination was in there. Um, you know, Crowley was at one point supposedly channeling with a being called Lamb. So mm-hmm. I often like wonder, like, is there uh, things like along with that? He used to say it was an alien, but I don't, you know. With the way he drew it, looked like an alien. I don't think it really was. I think it's something else. But uh, yeah, so I found that interesting. Um, I, the one thing I do uh, think was interesting with that show is that uh, I, I do think it's very occult, even though I only watched a little bit of it. But like the girl in the, she was wearing green a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like the princess uh, color would be green. So she I later wears. Um, she later wears this. Rosemary's baby dress. Have you seen that? Yeah, not in ages. What color is the dress? Red. Yeah, that would be going up the tree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it has like this white lace collar on it. Yeah, almost just like, like the girl. <laughs> yeah. Literally Mia Farrow all over again. And there's another character. Okay. New York. If you don't give me my props on this, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> okay. Her best friend in the show is the black girl that gets like the vision. She's like a psychic medium kind of yeah. witchy character. And in the show, her name is Rosalind Walker. Okay. The actress in real life, her name is jazz sinclair okay now two things here the name rosalind might sound familiar to people who listen to my podcast because i talk about the da vinci code a lot that mary magdalene mystery and the rosalind chapel in Scotland is associated with the Sinclair family. And the Sinclairs are the ones who trace their bloodline back through the St. Clairs who believe themselves to be descendants of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene. And they practice hermetic black magic. There's also a Sinclair associated with the Winchester Rifle Mansion. And there was a mention of the Sinclair the Sinclair family in Hocus Pocus. Oh, this is interesting. So we have an actual bloodline descendant in the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And not only is her name Jazz Sinclair in real life, 
But the character she plays, first name is Roslyn, as in Roslyn Chapel, associated with the Sinclair family, going all the way back to Scotland. Now, oh, you know they, the the uh, the rose does go with uh, that that woman too. She would be holding a rose sometimes. Right. And the rose is significant because they mention that a lot in association with like Mary Magdalene and the Sinclair family is also mentioned in the movie Da Vinci Code and they use the actual Roslyn Chapel in the movie Da Vinci Code and Tom Hanks, by the way, raved over the fucking Roslyn Chapel after they finished filming. And he said, the Roslyn Chapel was all one could imagine or hope for. I wouldn't trust it. Which is, they speak in inversions. So if he's talking about it was so majestic and all that he could have ever hoped for, it means that it was dark and sick and twisted and demented. Just like everything else they love. So... The chapel is located in the town of Roslyn, about seven miles south of Edinburgh, and it was founded in 1446 by Sir William St. Clair. And the St. Clairs later, Sinclairs, have a long history in Scotland and were very close to Robert the Bruce. And now, whose descendant? Of Robert the Bruce. Meghan Markle. And you know what else is weird? Jazz Sinclair and Meghan Markle look like they could be sisters. Isn't there, uh, what the fuck was that movie that uh, Mel, uh, Mel Gibson was in? There was a Robert the Bruce in that too. Oh, and where he gets all, like, they take his body parts off. Yeah, they fuck They spread him out over the uh, Patriot or something like that. Some shit. I forgot what it was called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting name. That's fucking weird. It is fucking weird. Now, get this shit. I think the Roslyn's weird. The Rose is in there. Yeah. So, William St. Clair, who built Roslyn Chapel, also founded the town of Roslyn and hired master masons to construct the chapel. And the building contains a repository of stonework from rows of objects on the arched roof and odd and sometimes mysterious figures that populate the building. Stone angels play instruments more than a hundred pagan green men peer mm. from the walls and the seven deadly sins dance across an arch there's also devils dragons knights and jesus and mary magdalene all appear in the Roslyn chapel and one carving is the death mask of robert the bruce back to him again that's fucking weird yeah, it is fucking weird, New York. Now, it's booked out. I've been looking into a lot of stuff on inverted Hollywood. And basically, it's this idea that a lot of the actresses we believe to be female are actually biological men. Oh. 
including um you know like what's funny? I, I do Paltrow. Think that, I think a lot of them that people don't think actually are, and I think a lot of the ones that people say is actually isn't. That's right. Me too. Me too. So and some of my friends have talked about this before, and it's like the idea of getting men to be attracted to other men, the inversion going against the natural order. So mm-hmm. another one would be like Sandra Bullock. That motherfucker never got her Adam's apple removed. Mm. Have you seen Sandra Bullock? She got a python in the throat. Yo, that's pretty fucking funny. Yo, I can see that. I'm just saying. People have also made this same statement about Meghan Markle. Yeah. So it's all this inversion and shit like that with the Sinclair family going all the way back to this Da Vinci Code shit. I've even like, you know, wondered in the past, like, you know, if if that shit is as truthful as it was, where like kings are really stressed to have a son to take over their throne, like, you know, what's to stop them from being like, you know, just telling everybody in the room, like, no, that's a boy. Oh, nothing at all. (laughs) Or I'll kill you. And that's what, dress him up as a boy. He's a boy. Yeah, but don't you feel like that's what they were getting at with like Prince Joffrey, like in Game of Thrones? Like he was very feminine looking, very effeminate character to be playing a boy, that little thin lipped, incestuous bastard. Both those shows actually is what made me think that they're quite possible, like that they might yeah. have pulled that off just to appease, uh, you know, the common folk. Make them, th- you know, or everybody else too, you know, so they can still keep their uh, name going, claiming a throne. Yeah, they might. Oh, fucking yeah. I seen a picture the other day and it was like some princess of Romania or Hungary or something. And they were like, she was so lusted after all the men wanted to get a piece of that. The, the chick had a beard. The chick had obviously masculine features no nobody in their right mind is hitting that nobody (laughs) talking about she was lusted after that no i that's not cutting ice with me (laughs) i'm not buying that shit you're not buying that bullshit no she wasn't lusted nothing look at them traps New York. Yes, yes, she does. I could work out for six years and my traps would never look like that. Now, what is the symbolism behind the bumblebee? Do you know anything about that? That's more, I think, of like the left pillar stuff because uh, the left pillar is black and uh, yellow is like air and also goes with mercury on the eighth sphere. Would you consider it to be a masculine thing? Oh. See, the thing with that is that I, I do find it to be more of like a manipulation uh, kind of symbolism because uh, the bees get controlled by, uh, you know, the queen. Oh, okay. So it's well, like the feminine the energy. The feminine energy is being, you know, is controlling the show and telling the worker bees what to do. Well, she a worker bee? They sell a hive mind. Can... You know, they share a hive mind and shit like that. Uh, she has the uh, bumblebee tattoo. So it's like oh. she's that's also huge with Mormons too. The bees, the beehive is—I uh, mean, that's like the symbol of Utah, anyway. 
which mm-hmm. is like Mormon, you know, uh, central. But uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, Mormon temples will have a beehive on the door. Yeah, they have That's bees. What? Uh, yeah, the, what is a uh, Deseret News uh, is a Mormon news thing, and their symbol is a beehive. Um, I think there's Buzz Tech, which is a Mormon a Mormon owned company, a tech company in Utah, and their symbols a bee. You know, they they do mm-hmm. use fucking bees as symbolism. Yeah, you know, worker bees. Worker bees, manipulation, that whole yeah. nine almost yards. Like, almost like MK Ultra kind of. It could get yes. to that extent, I think. So what do you think about what I found other than okay, now look up, look up a picture of Sabrina. The ch- you could put the chilling adventures of Sabrina Baphomet and just check that shit out. Chilling adventures. You said Baphomet? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's like a statue, right? Yeah. Now, why is that appropriate to put in a, ch- a kid's show? Yeah, let me see if I can get, like, a better shot of it. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, the, the Church of Satan, like, have these things inside them. Like, I know for now, a fact. Why is that appropriate to put in a kid's show? Yeah. Yeah, I would it's say not. that's definitely uh, Baphomet. Uh, did me almost make it look a little... Does not almost look like a bird or a goat at the same time? Oh, no, all right, this is a better angle. Yeah, he's got the caduceus and everything. Mm-hmm. Star on his forehead. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a Netflix show. That's definitely yeah, Baphomet. Isn't that freaking wild? Yeah, what episode was that from? That's from like episode three or four. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's rather blatant. I mean, uh-huh. I know for a fact that stuff is in... Uh... Yeah, one time when I went to go to Salem, uh, I didn't go to it, but there was a uh, satanic temple there and they did have a Baphomet. I think you could go take like a tour of the temple, and oh, I almost did nice. go because I wanted to, I wanted to see if I can get a picture of it, but I was just like, all right, I'm not even, I'm like I'm not going just to get a picture of that shit. So I never went, but it was a thought. But I know for a fact they do have one there. I mean, New York, this shit is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and they go on to say like Sabrina is the um. Her real name is Sabrina Morningstar because she's Lucifer's daughter and she has a twin and the twin is like stayed in hell and Sabrina got to have a human life and they have to like merge at some point. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's almost to be totally honest with you, it's it's almost like it's like uh, Almost uh, to me, it's almost very swastikas too, to an extent. I don't know how to explain that. It also uh, the one hand pointing down where it's pointing. If that, like, if I was to layer him in the middle of the tree right now, his bottom right hand pointing down would be pointing at the princess, and then the other hand up there would be like uh, the old hag, or kind of like. Mm-hmm. In a sense, the higher arc, like mm-hmm. kind of like the all feminine energy 
of the existence would be there where his hand is up. So it is kind of like almost like a path of uh, like the path of the feminine energy through the tree. Yeah. So all in all, I'm going to say. Even the elbow, if you counted the elbow, that would be uh, the fifth sphere and that would still be feminine. And then the hand, you see like how the hand is up. It's like very Wilson like In my opinion. That shit doesn't have to necessarily do with frazzle drip. I think that is a symbol that you're using to show that you've crossed the abyss. It's like the hidden mm-hmm. hand. So it's not necessarily like some kid got his fucking skin ripped off his face. Yes, they'd love you to believe that because it sounds like a lot worse and it's a lot fucking creepier and it's easy to sell instead of somebody saying like, oh, I actually just leave my body in spirit. That's what that hand sign means. Like <laughs> People would freak out over that a lot more than they would over the other shit, I think, actually. So well, yeah, like that. So we'll, we'll keep uh, believing that wild QAnon shit and we will, you know, keep the secrets to ourselves. Yeah, they like you to believe that shit. It's like that song Goosebumps by Travis Scott. That shit ain't about people have said all kinds of shit. And it's like, no, that is not what he's talking about. I think he's talking about uh, basically choking himself out and crossing the abyss. I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. He has a lot of a lot of his videos and his lyrics. If you read his shit, he does mention stuff with breathing at times. Mm-hmm. Or like inhaling, I think, uh, like one song I think you might have been talking about, inhaling some kind of fucking chemical or some drug, and that, that could deplete you of oxygen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is this all like shit that he's like trying to point out, like knocking himself out to have like an mm-hmm. NDE, which could be a magical experience, you know, near-death uh, experience could be considered magical if he did it on purpose. I think he does. And do- I think that's what he does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he does do it on purpose. Yep. Yep. So are you ready to move on to Midnight Mass? Fuck yeah, sure. We tend to dislike mysteries. We feel uncomfortable not knowing. The more that we know, the less we bend, the more brittle we become. the easier to break. That wasn't an act of God. Wasn't it? It's okay to just look at the world and say why, why, why. I don't understand. The first thing I want to mention is that I looked up the cast of Midnight Mass to see if there was any at all weird fuckers in Midnight Mass. That's interesting. That's pretty good. The first one that I came across, the actor who plays the quote unquote angel, who is the creature in the show. Like a demon, I think. He's a demon, a vampire, a whatever, these things. His name is Quentin Beauclair. 
and it's spelled B-O-I-S-C-L-A-I-R. So instead of Sinclair, it's Beauclair. And it's actually affiliated with the Sinclair family. And Beauclair means clear light. And literally, when you go on like Ancestry.com and type in Sinclair, it says Sinclair clan. And then it has like Beauclair, Trois-Claire, and like all these different people who are associated with the Sinclair family. And so we literally have another bloodline descendant in the show Midnight Mass. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that's some bugged out shit. They're literally conducting rituals on us, New York. A lot of times I do also think like, and even the stupidest of shows, I do think a lot of people, it's like you got on it because you are of understanding. doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in a specific organization, but you do understand occultism and you have whatever, whatever way you understand it. And I think like a lot of these people are just picked because they're part of a fucking club. Yeah. I mean, this dude probably couldn't act for shit. They were like, we're going to dress you up as a fucking vampire bat. But because of who you are, we need you to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And right off the cuff, what do we have? Human vampires, their favorite thing to show us. that He's making them drink the blood. Yeah. The blood is regenerating them. The blood is giving them youth and all the, like this idea of the adrenochrome thing, the blood regenerates them and the death and rebirth thing, which is also like the Scorpio rising from the ashes, also associated with the number eight. And I don't know your thoughts on Midnight Mass, New York. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's one of the more occult actual shows on on Netflix. In my opinion, I think it tells you a lot of stuff in there. Um, I think a lot of it is kind of like showing the path of like going up the tree, but maybe kind of like to the point to where magic has now become an addiction and it has controlled you, and you are no longer controlling it. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the downside of magic, and uh, I think that's why the demon kind of like sucks him in. You know, and gets him like in um, something I did want to mention I that I did notice uh, just you know, playing it over today. Um, you know, the, the girl in the movie, you know, the one that that thinks that she's pregnant or is told that she's pregnant and then she's not. Yeah. The hot chick from Hill House. She. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. She was. in there. Oh, and so was the father. It's the same oh. director. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, her. Uh, I do think sometimes she played a uh, net sock at one point uh, that that's fear. There is a point um, in the show. Where I think she's on the boat and when she's on the boat, the boat is white. And that, so like that could be the, the right pillar. Mm-hmm. Then there's blue seat. That's the blue sphere on the white pillar. And then there's an, uh, I think I forgot the exact numbers, but it adds up to uh, seven. On there's a tank right behind the seats that has numbers on it, and they add up to seven. And as you're watching that, she kind of has a little bit of red hair. I don't remember exactly if she was wearing green, but as they're showing that, then they 
go right to another image of the priest in the church and he's wearing a green tunic. Oh, shit. That is the next scene that you see. And he also does wear an orange tunic in that show. And that is the other sphere right at the bottom. One next to the green one is the orange one. So I think he that he is showing that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wouldn't be the first time they used a redhead for some witchery type imagery like that. We're talking about practical magic. Not only does it have man uh, Sandra Bullock in it, it's got Nicole Kidman and she got red hair and green eyes. And they're both witches. So it kind of goes into that. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. not like, you know, I kind of know him. Like, I, I think he's admitted that before. Uh, he, he's associated with the one, I think, in Australia. And I'm not saying, like, redheads are associated with this just in particular. I think that they like... Well, they're using it for the color. Head. Right. The color to go with the red sphere on the, on the, on the female pillow. That's what mm-hmm. I think that's all that is uh, about. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes you'll see green because then green is the other female sphere across on the other side of the tree. You'll have red and green. So a lot of times you'll see that uh, mixture as well, like red hair and green clothes. So do you think that has anything to do with like how they always portray Christmas as having to be red and green? Oh yeah, I think that has. To, I think Christmas has to do with occultism. I think the. Uh, I even think the uh, tinsel that you wrap around it mm-hmm. is all uh, the downward spiral of existence. Because you have on the tree of life in the middle pillar, you have the sun, the moon, and then earth. Mm-hmm. And the sun's going to be silver and the moon's going to be gold. So it's showing you the spiraling down of existence into this world. That's like the nine inch nails, the downward spiral. That's exactly what I think he was getting at with that. So there, <laughs> and now, it's green, and it's a green tree. That's right, what's being informed. The princess. No, and see, why would you have a green tree in the middle of winter, anyways? Like it doesn't even make sense because most of the trees is dead in the winter time. So you have like this lush green pine tree, and then you're gonna put your red garland around it, and your red and your green ornaments and all. So I, I definitely feel you on that, and just. For a tangent on well, the star on the top, I think is all occult too. Oh yeah. The the star, all of it. And of course, we all put our wreath on our door. And uh it's all paganism really. Um, and like the Krampus coming to steal kids and all that weird shit. It's always going back to the kids. And um you put your sock over your fire like why do we do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine Inch Nails is also a treasure trove, though. And I just wanted oh, yeah. to tangent for a second because I was talking to William Ramsey a little bit about another Nine Inch Nails thing, which would have to do with like the smiley face killers and a lot of the imagery that they had put in a music video that was very eerily similar to the way some of the victims were found of the smiley face killers. Yes. I remember that. I think I had and so that on my show. My brother has the same manager that used to manage nine inch nails. Ooh. And he told me a very interesting story 
about the lead singer. I think his name is Trent, right? Yes, Trent Reznor, yes. Trent Reznor got this weird obsession about the... Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. He had a weird obsession about the Tate murders. Mm. You know, the Manson, Sharon Tate and like the Cilio Drive Manson murder. And he actually bought the door to the Sharon Tate murder house. And it had like something written in, I think it said hell in blood. And he has it in his home. Wow. So another, like going back to this whole, their obsession, it's a death cult. Yeah. Death and perversion. In a sense, kind of shows like crossing the abyss in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a, the smiley face, I think is actually a very good cult symbol. Yeah, I do too. I think all of it is. I think that's why they're so obsessed with death and they just like find ways to collect it and have it around them. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up anything else from Midnight Mass that you? Uh, yeah, well, I I thought the um, even the whole vampire thing. Sometimes I do wonder if that's like a play off of occultism and stuff. Because like when I had uh, issues one time fucking around with magic, I ended up going in the hospital and I did have issues with my blood. And I was like, really? They thought that in a migraine. But they had me there for like three days. I really couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. But like my hemoglobin was like ridiculously high. And they said, basically, your blood is like a slush. And they had to give me blood and saline. So and I think it has something to do with the plasma in your blood. So like I have wondered, like, you know, does all that shit with the blood, you know, is there energy that's in your blood that you burn up or something? Is there something that you use when you fuck around with that shit? Well, you know, all the members of the royal family supposedly have some weird blood disorder where they need extra iron and shit. To keep them grounded. Mmm. Heavy metal. And where do you get extra iron from? Blood. Yeah. Yeah. My iron level, I think, was actually fucked up, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that had led me to believe that there really could be something up with the blood. I'm really not exactly sure, but I do think there might be something to well, do Well, it. it's like the essence of life, really. You have, like, blood, you have to have blood, but... um, Sometimes I've often wondered, is, like, real blood magic actually that? Like, is it, like, just you're using your blood to cross the the abyss and come back? You know. What do you think about blood blood types, though? Like, a blood type? See, I don't know. I never got into that, but I I would assume maybe some are more favorable. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I mean... If there really is something up with the blood, I would assume that maybe different types could be better. What's your blood type? I don't even fucking remember. I don't know what mine is. I think it's AB, but I can't remember if it's positive or negative. I had a guy on my show. He said he was A positive and he Googled it. And it's like um, a master teacher blood type. And he, I don't know, he, he had done some research or something into it. But it makes me think maybe there are certain blood types that correspond with certain things like the RH negative blood type. They can give blood to everyone, but they can only receive RH negative blood. You know, it's weird. Like an AB positive person can receive RH negative blood and be fine. 
but a RH negative person can only receive yeah. their own blood type. So it is a little bit weird that some people say that it's like uh, extraterrestrial blood. Oh, you know what I also thought was interesting about that show? You do need a bridge to get over there. <gasps> right. It's an island. Yeah, so that's like two separate sides right there. Sometimes the bridge is like kind of like a, almost like Jacob's Ladder, the Ark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's connecting. Also seen in Bridge to Terabithia. What about the fact that he murdered a girl in his car? And like, we kept seeing like, weird flashes of her with like glass all stuck in her face and shit oh were you talking about the original guy i mean the guy at the beginning uh the kid. yeah yeah i think he got into a car accident right and killed yeah somebody. and he killed like a young girl and like it kept showing oh, her yes i actually thought i thought it was rather interesting how you start off with him pretty much going to jail and ending up in a jail cell um, I was covering uh, recently, I covered on my own show. I, I did it by myself and it's going to, oh, that's right. I, I ended up, I don't think I know. Maybe I didn't tell you. I ended up having an idea to cover Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did it on my own to show uh, symbolism of the, like the beast and stuff. Cause I do think that they're kind of symbolizing like the beasts on the tree. And there was a part where uh, the dude is in a jail cell. And I do think that is showing that, you know, Janice is locked up and he doesn't have the key anymore. Mm-hmm. He needs the key because the cube can be associated with like the male, uh, the male energy of Saturn or the left pillar. So mm-hmm. I think what you're seeing with him is that he's actually coming into existence. He doesn't have the keys anymore. He's like stuck in this world. And like, I, I really do feel like, like his character, like you're showing him like, like plopping, <laughs> this is how he ends up in this right. scenario. And now this is how the whole show starts all from here. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, that's even like in Twin Peaks. Like the whole show starts off with like a murder and then it goes to like the police department. And now the police department goes to the school and now you see all the fucking characters for the rest of the fucking show. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like a coming down the tree and breaking out into showing you the whole story and set. Really I like cool. that. Yeah. What do you think about them all dying at the end? That was a little unexpected. I thought they might have a season two or some shit, but they can't because everyone's dead. Yeah, That kind of pissed me off. And then like the one main nun lady clearly has Stockholms. Oh, she was fucking nuts. Yeah. Like how easy she was about that death too with that fucking dude. That banged his head on the fucking table. She was like, oh, yeah, get him out of here. Throw him away. Yeah, get that fucking corpse up out of here. Splutter in the holy space. Yo, then she, like, goes on and rambles on for, like, five minutes. Like, all these, like, scriptures out of the Bible to try to rationalize, like, how this situation should be done this way. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is, like, fucking Stockholm Syndrome. It is Stockholm's. It is Stockholm's. And it's, like, mind control. And, like, the, the Stockholm's also of trusting this priest pope guy with your life and he's actually evil so i mean not too far from the truth right and the whole catholic religion is a offshoot of satanism anyways i think it's very occulting Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of my there was even like a lot of my own shit that i used to do when i did the you know ritual work 
if you would have watched me, you'd be like, you know, that almost kind of looks like like Catholic Church style shit. I even had like certain things that you would even see in a Catholic Church that I used on my altar. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. It's not like really. I mean, it's very Those... very magician like. Well, what do you think about them? Like, oh yeah, the, the distance around. That's and what I had, yeah, I had one of those things that hangs from the thing. Yeah, I had one of those. I even had a uh, uh, that little. Like, it's like a handle, and it's like a bowl at the end, and you put it in the water, and there's cotton in the middle, and you kind of go like that. I even yeah. had that, and that's how I would clean my circle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like Catholic, then they'd be like blessing you with that shit. Well, and I've also seen videos of like when they go to receive the communion. And it's like they just stick their tongue out, uh, and they're letting this dude like just oh, put they're a like brainwashed at that point. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, New York. I'm not going up and just uh, put something in my mouth. <laughs> you just touched like sixteen thousand other people's mouths with your hand, and you go put your fucking finger up in my mouth. <laughs> you want to talk about some nasty? Especially not those weirdos swapping DNA, tongue tongue <laughs> fuck off yeah right he's putting his hands in everybody else's mouth fucking nasty is what i got to say about that shit so <laughs> did you watch archive 81 at all so yeah no <clears throat> technically i mean i guess yes to an extent uh my wife had watched it a little bit and i kind of worked on my show and she put it on and I really didn't catch any interest until like the last two episodes. And I really don't even remember that. But I remember that's all I really caught. And I was like, damn, now it's over. It just started getting good. <laughs> well, like nothing really caught my eye, but a lot of people told me it was fucking wild. And I, I remember liking the end, but I just don't remember it at all. <laughs> okay. Let me give, let me jog your memory. We're looking for an artist. Someone who can restore a recently acquired collection of damaged videotapes. Well, what kind of damage? Fire damage. There's just one hitch. Because the materials are so fragile, they can't be moved. So you'd be doing the work at our remote research facility. Creating this archive, putting this puzzle together, well, it would mean the world to everyone who lost someone in that fire. some doors wish me luck do you hear it hear what there's something in this place that calls to you succeed 
in the whole of time. Opie is one. So, Archive 81, the symbol to the whole show is like the pyramid with the eye in the middle. Oh, of course. Right off the bat, we're talking ancient oh. occult symbolism. Uh-huh. Okay. Then we have um, like a split time stream where there's like two dimensions of time going on coinciding with each other. And there's sex magic, psychic mediums, calling up the dead, ancient artifacts. Then we have the main character being like a Bill Gates type who owns this huge corporation that does a bunch of weird stuff. It's like you can't even put your finger on like, oh, this company does this because he has his hands in everything, just like Bill Gates. And I feel like they're trying to show you this is a Bill Gates type character. So he hired this guy to um, restore some old tapes. And he locks him up in this log cabin and just leaves him there and tells him to restore these old VHS tapes. And so that's what he's doing. And while he's there, he watches this movie called something or other secret lives of nim or something i never secret watched of nim? yes he watches that movie that's a cult of shit yeah somebody else told me that and i had never watched yes, it very so much. I, yeah i was kind of diving into it and it's like all this symbolism in in this name the mormons are even into that they they have this piece of uh archi- architecture that they found that they believe has nim written on it and they think that See? is proof of uh of uh fuck who is it of somebody associated with the mormons that is proof of him being there might be nimrod okay that would make sense and then someone else told me it's like a, a movie about like they do they they oh, they're jabbing like, rats with shit yeah they're like injecting they get like an upgrade with, yeah like they're giving him injections of all kinds of weird shit which is very similar to what's going on now you know it's funny i could even tie this back to the christmas tree this is how crazy I am. I actually have a, uh, uh, an ornament. It's like a king rat. And I put it underneath the star because uh, star and rats would be the same thing as forwards and backwards. So I, <laughs> oh I even God. think, like Aaron Crowley says, every man and every woman is a star. And then this is called, you know, the secret in him, and it's got rats in it that are like getting upgraded. Oh my God. And have all these special powers. Think about that. I know your wife ain't just happy about having a little rat on her Christmas tree. It looks cute, though. He's got like a little sword and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a close so below. (laughs) Get the Christmas decorations out. She pulls out a little sword rat. She's like, this. Yeah, when when we set up the tree this year, I'll uh, I'll make sure I take a picture of it before I put it. Oh, my God. I have to see that. Okay. Your poor wife. Go ahead, New York. So, yeah, no, and I, I I mean, look, even the Pied Piper, I mean, you got rats in there, too. Got some guy playing his little flute, and they're all, like, manipulated to it. Right. Yes. So he watches that movie, and then he finds a rat in the place he's staying at, and he, like, befriends this rat. 
and like he'll talk to it and shit. Well, even think and, of lab rat, bow, right. bow backwards and stars. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Now Very get this shit, New York. The Bill Gates guy shows up at the log cabin. He wants to check on him, see how he's doing with like decoding all of the VHS tapes or whatever. Which, by the way, the VHS tapes are like a bunch of weird fucking home movies of like demonic shit. So he's like, let me show you uh, this secret room over here. And he like has like a retina scanner and he gets into this other part of the log cabin where it's a bunch of fucking DNA stored in these fucking refrigerators and he goes oh yeah i own one of those ancestry dna type companies and i've been collecting everyone's dna who sends their shit in your family search is uh is owned by mormons i mean family search.org i think it is and everybody like, has that, like, that has like about fuck- that that has like you could go look up families and like look the whole fucking history and shit. Mm-hmm. They have any info on it? It's fucking wild. So he shows him all these refrigerators of all these people's DNA that he's stored up, and he's like, "We're searching for this bloodline," and people don't even realize it, but they're sending their DNA in to get like their family tree, and we're we're testing it and collecting it and we're looking for this certain bloodline and he's like okay weird and then he talks about how like jesus was actually the bad guy and um we shouldn't believe in christianity because jesus is actually the bad guy in the story and then what they finally end up coming out with at the end of the movie is they're trying to open this portal to let this demon come through and they're waiting for this comet karen c-h-a-r-o-n karen oh yeah sharon yeah the river of sticks right yes and that's exactly what i was gonna say so karen in greek mythology is the ferryman who carries the souls across the river sticks the abyss mm-hmm. which is also associated to pluto in some way right oh, yeah, i heard that yes now that's, interesting. that's another c right <laughs> i even think h's are used a lot for god names showing you that they can go in between both worlds horus heimdall helena i think a mm-hmm. lot of them all show you that they uh kind of like skip between both well, yeah, because Karen is the ferryman for Hades. Hades. And I just, there's too much in that show for it not to mean something more. There's a lot of weird names in that show. And it's just basically... In the end, he ends up like traveling back in time and shit too. So it's like New York is all over the place. (laughs) And if I could have a dollar for every time they showed Kraft macaroni and cheese and stovetop dressing next to each other. Oh, you know what? I think I might have actually remembered that. Tell you the truth. 
I swear to God, I know you, you know, I'm not, not lying. I remember there was some show that I had watched that there was like something weird like that, like the food that I was like, yo, it's constantly. It's those two things over and over and over again, craft mac and cheese and stovetop dressing in boxes right next to each other. So, or it might've been Velveeta. So what is Velveeta's in a yellow box, right? Uh And stovetops in a red box. So I was thinking, are they trying to show us colors here? Yellow, red, but I don't. Yeah, that could be. Because like, again, the orange sphere on the tree, each sphere on the tree has like four different colors I can associate with it. The orange one, that's the main one, but yellow does go with that uh, as well. And then the one atop of it would be red. So it could still be that that side, the left-hand pillar again. Well, and you know, what's funny is Velveeta is a yellow box that says Velveeta in red and stovetop is a red box that says stovetop in gold. Oh, a little bit of the sun in there. So are they showing us like trash food or are they showing us colors? And oh, I think colors is used a lot. I, you know, I do I'm too. not sure about this one. I did think it, this is what I'm remembering because I did remember seeing, like, like I said, like the same food and something just catching it off guard. I was like, oh, that okay, that's weird. Um, I do think colors are huge. Like I was saying before, they, they'll use my opinion. They'll use people because of their hair color, their skin color, to all show things. Uh, eye color, you know, their outfits will be specific colors to show where they're kind of dancing around on the Kabbalah tree of life. I definitely think they do that. It also made me think is stovetop and Velveeta these, maybe they're owned by the same company. Are they some of the motherfuckers that put like aborted fetal cell in their product like Nestle? I can't remember where it was. I don't know if it was Minnesota or something, but I had a, Esoteric Gladiator on one time, and he was telling me he was in some other state, and he was like, "Dude, you have no idea how many major fucking companies around here." Mm-hmm. And he was like listing them off, and I was like, "Yo, like these are like things that make like tons and tons of different shit." Yes. And he was like, "Yo, I think this is weird," mm-hmm. and I was like, "That kind of is interesting. Like, what's up with that state or that area?" And if you look at like what the tree branches are of all the products, like one company makes, like you look at Nestle and then it'll show you like all the products Nestle makes. And you're like, I use a ton of these and don't even realize that they're Nestle. Like my favorite hot chocolate of all time is that Abuelitas. It's like the Mexican hot chocolate. It's like got cinnamon in it. It's fucking Nestle. I might have to try that though. Sounds good. It's really good with Fireball, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's great. I, I, you know, I have ruined everything for myself, and you might agree with this, just because I can't watch a movie anymore. Oh, yeah. Watch a movie. Yeah. It's hard I for me, not- like, sometimes I have to pick shit that I'm like, all right, this has to, like, really be very mundane if there's anything in it. And then I'll try to, like, tell myself just don't look for it. But a lot of times I catch myself just being like, oh, there it is again. Like, you can't even fucking get away from it. You just see the same situations or scenarios over and over again. Yeah, or you... <clears> the <throat> same color what, schemes. 
yeah, you realize what they're trying to show you because like my friends and especially my husband is so tired of me doing this, but I'll be like trying to watch a new Netflix show or trying to watch a new Netflix movie or something. And I'm like, I can't do this because. Oh, I think Netflix is horrible though for that. It is. I think a lot of it is a lot of that shit is all occultism. Just like even going back to like when we did that Winchester rifle episode and then you messaged me like, hey, Netflix actually has all the seasons of paranormal on there. And it's like the Winchester family and that fucking Winchester rifle mansion is full of occult shit. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely think so. 100% that place is built for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. It was wild. That was a weird fucking house. It was. Yeah. And I just can't even sit. Sometimes even I watched like the haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy for Halloween the other night. And I was like picking fucking the haunted mansion apart. Uh, And I was like, Jesus uh, Christ. That's funny because I've often thought Eddie Murphy was of the understanding. Just by some of the stuff that he's done and with the impact that he's made, I I just think that he's not a dumb person at all. You watch The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy and come back to me and tell me if you think he's in on some shit. He definitely knows what's going on. No, that movie's deep as shit. Yes, it is. For sure. Yes, it is. Gotta get that knife so you can pierce the veil. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. it was in magic is as easy as they were showing. Well, I shouldn't say as easy, but. You know, in that in that show, they'll show that one bad guy. What does he do? He just sits down and meditates, and all of a yes. sudden, he connects to another place. You don't have to do all that fancy shit. It really is all about just sitting down and quieting your mind and escaping yourself. Mm-hmm. They, they're he, showing you exactly how it's done. Yes, and he attacks Eddie Murphy in his dreams, just like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> And the whole point of that movie was like in Eddie Murphy. It's obviously funny. And he call, he keeps calling the bad guy. He's like, Soto Mumpsy or whatever. And yeah. he's like, he's got to feed the kid blood. Which is another, it's like, it all goes back to the blood. He's got to feed this golden child blood, which we go back again to gold and red. Yeah, now gold uh, for Tif- that would be for Tiferet. That would be the sun. That would be the sphere in the middle of the tree, and the small child can be used as a symbol for that as well. So, and I, I think the red sphere does symbolize you coming into the flesh and of the blood. Mm-hmm. And he talks to a dragon person. Yeah, it's kind of like the beast in a sense. Fire, and there's a monkey person. All this stuff, and I, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, there is so much. They call him the finder of lost children, and they have a, a prostitute that they sacrifice who has a dragon tattoo, and it's just one thing right after the other, including the spear, and then he's got to like walk through fire. He's got to <laughs> cross a bridge. He's got to fucking walk on these those little those fucking, things yeah yeah those, those poles or whatever sticking up out of the ground Mm-hmm. the funniest part of that movie by the way on like just as a joke is when he goes to get the dagger and he has to spin that thing and he's I like I, 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 I want the knife <laughs> please 
I fucking yeah. love that part. This part. Yeah. Or when he goes to the shop and he's like, it's good to keep the yang up. And he's like, ain't nothing wrong with my yang. <laughs> that was a classic. That was a fucking classic. I love that movie. Yeah. But all right. Is there any other Netflix, anything you want to touch on before we wrap up for the night? No, I think that's good for now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll just keep our eye out for any weird twisted shit that pops up on Netflix. Uh, I'm always watching weird shit on there. So if I come across something, I'll let you know. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to plug New York? Oh, yeah. I have, uh, yes, I have the NY Patriots show. Um, yeah, that is on all major podcasts, BitChute, Rumble, and uh, I have the Occult Rejects, same thing, all major podcasts, BitChute, Rumble, and the Spiritual Gangsters that I do uh, co-host with Teresa. That is on YouTube and all major podcasts. And, uh, yeah, I also have the Tour and More. That is a YouTube channel that all those shows are on. So check that out if you can. Thank you very and much. And long live the YouTube channel. Them motherfuckers oh, coming okay. after you. I got two strikes already. As soon as I got close to a thousand, and I broke finally a thousand, but they, they hit me with two strikes right before him. Fuckers. Like, oh, they're like, oh, he's, he's getting close. We got to fucking stop this. <laughs> Yo, they yeah. literally said that we incited violence in a Kabbalah I episode. I was like, come on. Like, really? I we're know. like theorizing about the, the you know existence and God, and you're saying that we're inciting violence? Come on. I mean, they, they're. Yo, I fought that shit. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. Nope. And they told me within like an hour and a half. I'm like, yo, you couldn't even have watched the whole episode and decided if there was anything in there. You didn't even wait long enough to tell me no, that you could have watched the whole episode. So I knew they just fucked me off. Yeah, they, they just they just literally are waiting for you to do something so they can take your shit off. Yeah. Yep. But long live tour and Thank more. You. So. But thank you so much, New York, for coming on. I had a blast. So did I, definitely. And um, yes, I will include all your links. And to the listeners, thank you so much. And we will catch you on the next one. Sweet dreams are made of this. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. Dreams are made of the ends. Sweet dreams are made.